0: If green is your favorite color or your way of living, then Grounded is the place for you. From big environmental solutions to your own backyard, wherever in the universe you may be, join me, Melanie Walker, on a journey to a cleaner, greener life. Grounded, your window on the environment. And it's time to get into the garden. Absolutely. I mean, with the weather warming up so beautifully during the day, daytime temperatures are awesome. Still a little bit chilly, though. But it is time to, well, if you haven't been in your garden the whole way through lockdown.
1: What have you been doing? Exactly, (laughs) Carrie Goodwin.
0: (laughs) I would be horrified. Absolutely. I mean, well, what else were we going to do? Because quite frankly, you know, it was a case of sit inside and be cold and use electricity or gas. Yes. Or get out in the sunshine, which is what I've been doing every afternoon. Vitamin D, so good for the body.
1: Well, that's what I was reading, that, you know, all these things to help you prevent yourself or keep healthy. And mm. it was, you should spend at least 20 minutes a day out in the sun, if not more, just getting the vitamin D. Absolutely. Because I can't believe people might actually have to take a pill for, to get their vitamin D injections, well, which would be very worrying some for me.
0: people, Some people do have an issue where they are they have an allergy to the sun. Uh, okay Then those are the people I know that they either have to They have to take tablets um, and stuff I know quite a few people Who are like that So really? when, we're not talking to you We're talking to the rest of you Who actually can handle Our sunny South African days Especially here on the high felt
1: Yes Because it's, it's not too hot yet It's it's a beautiful time To be out in the garden And just I don't know I was gardening on the weekend And it was so I want to say liberating I got to like you know Get my hands grounded In the soil mm-hmm. See what's going on I was actually very surprised because I think that I give my soil a lot of nutrients and it looked quite devoid of anything. And I'm thinking, my goodness, my plants are quite hungry and needing more and more nourishment. You know, I recompost probably twice a year. I use my bokashi in my garden, Mm. but my soil just said, please feed me. And I'm like, oh, I I didn't realize. (laughs) You know, you, you know, you're supposed to do it, but until you actually get your hands dirty and start digging. I was like very, very surprised at how much extra compost I'm going to have to add to my garden. And yeah,
0: it is actually the, the right time to be doing that. And I yes. mean, this is what life is a garden is actually yeah. promulgating at the moment. <laughs> yes, saying, absolutely. Right. There are certain <laughs> things you should not be doing right now. There are certain yeah. things that you should be doing. That. One of them is, of course, getting your garden ready, not doing anything else, but getting it ready. Ready, Yes, okay. for spring. Because we are not in spring. It Mm-mm. may feel like it. And the jasmine, the polyanthum yeah, must be actually, like saying to people, and it's early this year. I it's, know it's I was going to say
1: it's in bud. I haven't seen any flowering oh, yet. No, lots of people who have been flowering what? for the last couple of weeks
0: already. And no. they're sitting and going, and I'm like... Okay, now I'm not going to say what I was going to say. About <laughs> it's the harbinger of things and it's lying to us. Saying yes. it will be better and it is spring and it is not. It's lying to us. So take no notice of, of what the flowers are doing. We're telling you what is actually happening. Yes. It is too early to do certain things. In the same way that when people buy bulbs, they want to put the bulbs in the ground when the soil temperatures are too high. Yes. Okay. Now people are wanting to do their lawn and it's not the right time because the nighttime temperatures are still too
1: cold. Yes, and I think, you know, we have a different dynamic. So if you're in small gardens and your walls are all protected and your grass has stayed green the whole of winter, then maybe you could get away with it. But actually your grass has been dormant and it's mm. one you know, it's still kind of waking up. So it's not like when you wake up in the morning, you know, you jump out of bed and start doing exercise. I do. Oh, like well, <laughs> I certainly don't do that. <laughs> I'm like grass. Mm. I wake up slowly and then I go and get a cup of coffee and that's what our lawn needs, but only at the end of the month. Mm. So towards the end of August, then you can start looking at your lawn and thinking, what can I do to make it right? Because if you do it too early, what you're going to do is stimulate new growth and your grass is going to say, oh, Okay, I've had my cup of coffee, I'm up and about now, and then it's going to get, maybe we're going to have another cold front. Yeah,
0: because remember, it snows in Johannesburg in the beginning of September.
1: Yeah, and then it's going to be damaged because you've got all this beautiful new growth coming Mm. through, and then it's going to be hit by the cold and the lawn's going to go like, oh no, now what do I do? And it's just going to take so much longer in our true springtime to recover. So it's best to slow down, be patient, still enjoy the little bit of your grass, maybe sleeping or waking up a little bit. You know, it might be a nice time if to look at your grass to try and get rid of the weeds in it because your weeds might start coming through. So you can actually quite distinguish between the brown of the lawn and the dichondro or the, the different weeds that might be coming through, you know, and take out a fork and start digging those out. But I think really with your lawn wait until the end of the month, and then becomes a nice exercise in the hard work. You know, you get to go and spike it, cut mm-hmm. it low, spike scarify it. it yeah. Yes.
0: But this is the thing. Is so many people don't realize that certain grasses do go dormant in winter. And they sit there and they, why doesn't my grass stay green the whole way yes. through winter? I'm like, well, because it's a, it, it goes dormant, and then yes. it'll go brown. So just leave it alone. Yeah. Stop watering it. Stop trying to feed <laughs> it. Stop trying to make it go green. There are only certain grasses that you can do that with. Yeah, And kikuyu, for instance, is not one of them.
1: No, absolutely not. You know, your cool season grasses like your mayfords or seasons or your evergreen, those ones are cool and they love the winter and they will stay green. Mm -hmm. But those are normally the ones that you're going to find under your trees and in small patches. But as you say, your kikuyu, your berea, your, you know, buffalo grass, all of those have really gone to sleep and they're slowly, slowly waking up. And it's as the soil temperature warms up, not actually our daytime temperatures. Because I think that's what, as you were saying earlier, a lot of people are thinking, oh, the daytime temperatures are so nice. But your soil is probably at least a week or two behind the daytime temperatures in warming up. Mm. Yeah, even with the seeds, you know, we have a lot of people who are so eager and they're asking for, well, actually they're asking for the plants already and they're saying, oh, where's the tomato and where's the basil? And I'm thinking, "Mm."
0: unless you have a
1: house or a greenhouse or somewhere where you can plant these seeds that are protected, you know, the lettuces at the moment are, Amazing. Mm. All your lovely leafy greens are doing so well in your garden. Enjoy those the spinaches, the chamulia, all of that. It's wonderful. So enjoy the greenness of the veggies in your garden and wait for the colorful veggies to come out more towards springtime.
0: Well, I've got people who are still planting broccoli at the moment. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is we're still in winter, people. We haven't even hit spring, so get a grip. But this Accident. it was an interesting thing to notice is that people did slow down eventually yes. with the lockdown, okay? Yeah. And now all of a sudden where we feel things lifting and we feel the weather getting warmer, everybody's kind of losing their mind again and like, run, 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 we must go back into the rat race again. Wouldn't it be nice if people just actually kind of kept that slowness? But you, you get just as yeah. much done, actually.
1: Yes. No, I agree with you, especially, you know, when we came out of level, into level four and the start of level three, Everyone still had that same calm, peacefulness. And as you say, you still did the same things. You still got as much done Mm. as you needed. But there was just a, I don't know, I want to say a sigh or peace. And now it just feels crazy out there. Mm. You know, the patience that people had before, because you you get quite used to standing in queues and now you're standing one and a half meters away from each other. They didn't seem to mind it because there's still quite a lot of businesses that are not at their full staff complement or they're halving... You know because of covid mm. so they're trying to protect the staff if something has to happen and so there's a lot that aren't working at our full complement but i think the patience of the people who either maybe are working from home or going back to the office now and there just seems a lot more tension in the air than there was before
0: but talking about patience and this is something which um i've, I've heard from a couple of um retailers that because of this whole COVID situation, plants have are now a little bit more difficult. Certain plants are more difficult to get hold of. <gasps> Don't I know say that. <laughs> I know it's true though. Because yes, I'm having no with future. retailers having to drive further afield to go to other people to see if they can get plants because they didn't have the people to look after them. People weren't allowed to come to work. You couldn't travel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah. people are going to have to remain patient if they want to be able to get certain plants and understand why they're not available. Unfortunately, we know. People are like, but why don't you have daffodils? Well, it's Uh the wrong time of year. Why don't you have tomatoes? Well, because Mm. it's the wrong time of year. This time, it's because, well, the crops failed because there was nobody to look after them, number one. Number two, because they still can't bring them in a lot of the time from where they're growing. Yep. There have been all of these problems. So don't shout at the retailers.
1: Oh, yes. Thank you for saying this. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a it retailer is. and yeah. a grower. Yeah. I mean, just bear me so, out on
0: this. Am I right in saying that it has been a problem with the growing?
1: A hundred percent. And it's actually so nerve wracking to be on both sides of the scale. So your production is probably at least three weeks behind mm-hmm. because of the five weeks that we were closed where you couldn't even get the seed, So, you know, we weren't thinking about the winter crops. We were worried about the spring and summer crops. Mm. And those are some of the seeds we still haven't even managed to get into the country for some of the beautiful summer color that we should be having. And then, as you say, trying to get from different regions. So we don't buy all our plants locally in Gauteng. We would get some from Mpumalanga, from uh, down in PE, those type of regions. And trying to get them up here as well has also been quite a challenge. For me, what's fascinating is what you can buy one week and then you phone the next week to say, well, you know, can I repeat my order? And they're like, it's all gone. And you're Mm -hmm. like, hang on a sec. how how did it all go? You had thousands or maybe it was only hundreds, but the need is there. I think people have found the love for gardening again. Yeah. That makes us so, so happy that, you know, people want to spend time in their garden. I even smelled a bry the other day.
0: <laughs> well I smell, I've been smelling bries the whole time because I mean you so, know, being outside of course yeah. was a much better thing. So get yeah. outside and cook there. Why sit inside the whole time? Yeah. But I think so. that people could take a cue from what happened in England when they got to summer and they were still in lockdown. The first industry that they opened up in yeah. England, for instance, were the garden centres. Because I mean I was just reading about um, you know, in the telegraph and things like the Tory Graph as a category. About how many plants had to be thrown away. Oh half a million from one grower it was plants devastating. because they they couldn't take them first of all to the garden centers and secondly yeah. because they couldn't sell them and they were going yeah. to die anyway because they had to have people to look after them yeah. so i think that people need to be a little bit more cognizant of the fact that there have been these issues mm. when it comes to what you can actually plant and i'm sure that life is a garden have put something about that up yes. on the site as well
1: yeah and i think that actually what fascinates me with people is because we're so into instant gratification mm. we don't actually realize that plants take time to grow i mean one of my favorite plants at the moment and everybody wants it and because it's a covert plant is the um, artemisia afra mm. and i mean i know i planted a on, what little, it's a COVID plant well <laughs> the, um it's very good for chests and colds when you mix it in with your teas yes um But so are a lot of other plants. It was just mentioned by the Madagascan president Mm -hmm. that this was the cure. But it was right in the beginning, in March, when the plant was actually still available. And we've never before actually sold it as a one, as a traditional plant. It's not, you know, in in Pumalanga, you could probably find it on the verges growing there. So it's never been a plant that growers have really grown in huge quantities. And then there was this massive demand for it. And because it likes our warmer climates, as I said, I did a little cutting of it in may and my cutting is still exactly the same size (laughs) as it was and i keep saying to the growers you know when are your plants coming along and they're like no they're still also only about two centimeters so you know here i think we think when it's cold things don't grow as nicely as Mm -hmm. they should so we can't be instantly have these beautiful big plants ready and waiting some of the plants like your good old traditional your shrubs and those sort of things they are gonna be amazing because the growers did have time to keep them and let them grow during the mm. lockdown. And, but it, unfortunately our gardens have got smaller. So actually we're not using as many of those plants anymore unless you're trying to screen neighbors or you know have a climber going up a wall or something. So the bigger plants, which are already in waiting for us, those aren't being as used as often. And then the colorful, bright and things that we really want for that instant, oh, this is yellow and it's gonna make me feel cheerful. Those are sort of coming, but in drips and drabs and drips slowly. And drabs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've
0: had people like asking me three weeks ago, Oh, where can I get bulbs to plant? I'm like, "Wow, oh, <gasps> you missed that boat. You so missed that boat. <laughs> yeah. And it is a case of people have to understand it. But if they're new gardeners, then they won't know. And this is what that's why we are here, and yes. especially life as a gardener is here to actually say to people, This is what you can do when you can do it. Yes. But now you're talking about pops of color. And I've seen pictures of osteosperm, oh. my favorite summer plant coming up. They're I, mean, so you know, gorgeous. I mean, the violas and pansies are still looking. Absolutely glorious. I yes. mean, like primulas all over the place at the moment. And I know there was a problem getting them for a, quite a while. Yes. But I think that people who have just left them to self-sow, they're coming up. So all our winter annuals are still looking fantastic. But yeah. I can't wait to start getting <laughs> osteos in the garden. They are yeah. just the best.
1: And the garden centers do have those ready and waiting. And those come in any kind of color you could imagine. And I always think they form like little balls of color in your garden. Yeah. And they're very universal. So they could put them into pots. You can put them into your succulent rock- rockery for a little bit of difference, you know, nice texture difference mm, as mm. well. Um, you, they can go into your meadow gardens. So they're probably one of the most useful plants to very have in versatile. your garden. Yeah. Um, I like those.
0: And and so, they don't like too much water. And yes, they're South African, proudly South African. Absolutely.
1: So they have everything going for them. And a lot of them are actually... Um, hybridized and grown here in our country mm. you know, so it hasn't gone overseas and then come back, come back again. Like they
0: do with the agapanthus and things yes. like that. Yeah.
1: yeah. When you were talking earlier about all the flowers not knowing what's going on and where and we mustn't maybe look at the jasmines. The same would be with agapanthus. We have agapanthus flowering in our nurseries and we have clivia flowering. And now they should never ever flower at the same time. But they have been
0: playing with agapanthus that they actually are now winter flowering. They all twin. In fact, some keep flowering the whole way through. Yeah. I know there's some growers who have been doing some experimentation with those and plectranthus. Yes. To get them flowering at all different times as well, which is great. So you get color in the garden the whole time. And those are my stalwarts. I mean, we're talking about all the stuff I love. So you've got to have aloes, you've got to have osteos, (laughs) you've got to have agapanthus, you've got to have clivias, and you've got to have plectranthus. Those are the five stars of every garden. Yes. The whole way through.
1: The whole way through. So the Plectranthus for me is the one that's probably looking the worst in the gardens at the moment, unless it was under an evergreen tree, Yeah, because we've had a really frosty cold winter. And I think our plectranthus would have taken a bit of a knock. Well, the but thing just is to, to leave prune them. it. Yes, yeah. Just leave it and I don't do prune anything it now yet. No, 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 not now, but yeah. yeah. Leave them. <laughs> yeah. but it dies off, you leave it alone. Yes.
0: We will tell you when to actually prune things.
1: Yes. So, because we've had a few customers come in with, um, and also with a splitting. Mm. And Too early. It, it is just a little bit early to start doing all these things yet. Because as soon as you start rose pruning, then you think, oh, I've got the secateurs in my hand. Let me see what else I can cut down in my garden. And you're actually taking those leaves that are protecting. Yeah. Even though they're damaged, they're still protecting the growth that's happening inside the plant. So you kind of just want to leave them there for at least another two to three weeks and see what happens. But this is an interesting thing because I saw, I won't say who it was, and I was quite surprised to
0: see this coming up that, oh, this is a good time to be pruned. Your fruit trees, and I'm sitting and thinking. Surely we wouldn't prune our fruit trees. This was only about three weeks ago. Oh, okay, okay, so we're talking gonna... about in July sometime. Sure. And I'm sitting and thinking, um why would I do that? Because it's about to start budding. I mean, I'm talking about my flowering quince, which actually has been flowering <laughs> since June, <laughs> okay. and it's just got a new flush of buds. It's going completely crazy. The oh, bees wow. are happy, and I'm, it makes me happy because it's outside my front door. Yeah, but I'm I'm sitting and thinking. Why would you prune your fruit trees before they fruit? Am am I wrong with
1: this? When is the right time to prune a fruit tree? No, you normally prune your um, stone fruits Mm -hmm. would be in June, July. So when there's no, there shouldn't be any buds on them. They should be deciduous. You're just looking at the bones Mm -hmm. of the, or the stems. So it's too late to have done those. If they haven't done this already. Yeah, you should have because they're all starting, as you say, coming into bud and to flower now. Like even when we're buying them in the bag, our nectarines have already got blossoms on Mm -hmm. them. So if they haven't got blossoms, then you could probably still prune them because you you do want to try and open it up so they can get as much light into the tree as possible. So that's what you would have done. But you probably should have done it maybe two or three weeks ago. And then like your orange and those sort of things, you would wait now because unless it's a Eureka, it keeps fruiting the whole time so then you're going to wait for those to finish fruiting what a great crop then, of
0: lemons this year oh, oh my, goodness. my goodness
1: i know my mum made me lemon juice lemon curd lemon anything that had lemon in it we lemon were having cordials. It. my friend's yes. going to buy still and
0: go oh i shouldn't say this we're going to make <laughs> lemon mampour <laughs>
1: But talking about that is Life as a Garden was talking about all the wonderful African edible plants that we could be using <gasps> Marillas, in our garden. Make yes, <laughs> you see, you're on the right track. So, those, but those also you tend to find more in the warmer yes. climates. But down along the coastal regions, you have the numnum or the Carissa macrocarpa, which, I mean, I, I, for me, it was interesting because they were talking about the Carissa and then the Chi apple. Yes. And I always think of those as both protection plants. You know, I plant them as a hedge or as a fence. Because they've got nice big spines yes. in them. So if anybody jumps over, they're going to get them up their bum. Yes, yeah. to keep cats and dogs away. <laughs> I was thinking but, people. <laughs> but actually have such beneficial properties, both as fruits as well. And for the flowers, they attract lots of bees and butterflies mm. to your garden. I love the so, Carissa apricot. It was my yeah.
0: father's favorite in the Num Nums down at, oh, at the coast because yes. he lived down there. So, so I mean, the fruit, he used to the birds to get the fruit,
1: yeah. So, th- so I think that's you know, there are wonderful fruits that you can make jellies and jams out and of. The smell of the flowers is amazing, yes, it's as like well. a really nice orange blossom, mm. almost like a murea, yes, but it's, um, exotica, yeah. At least it's indigenous, so I think you know we can look at what's happening in the garden. The one thing that they spoke about, which was completely new to me, is a bush milkshake. Have you ever had a bush milkshake? I have not. Okay, so I've it's, eaten
0: Mapani whims, but I want to know what this is.
1: <laughs> so it's actually using the berries from the Gruria, which is uh, there's quite uh, Gruria. Um, I'm trying to think of its common name now. There's quite a few of them in the the, the raisin bush. Okay, so that's a G R E W I A
0: for those of you yes. who don't know what you're saying. Grewia, Yeah. yeah. Okay. And there's
1: quite a few different varieties, but they all have tiny little blackberries. And you take the berries and you boil them with some milk, and you have a bush milkshake. I know where so. there's one of those trees.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know, I know I'm going to go and see if it's fruiting and get some of them and do that because I yeah. I bought them and I thought oh and they just dried out like raisins.
1: Yes, yeah, they they do. They definitely look like little raisins yeah. of different sizes depending on which variety you have, and they actually form beautiful shrubs as well. Yes, I'm always surprised that customers aren't using it more. It's just a it's a very universal plant. Mm. You could put in anywhere. It's going to form a nice boundary. Uh, quite a big shrub. You know, the berries will attract the birds as well if you mm. weren't going to make milkshakes with them. But this so is an interesting thing. Do.
0: People don't think about the... I mean, you know, they think, okay, there's loquats, which of course are not indigenous. Oh, no, no, in yeah, fact, not. But <laughs> they're all over the place, but they're nice yes. to eat, okay? Yes. You can still buy them from the guys on the yes. side of the road if yeah. you're going out to Lanceria. Yeah. But it's a case of like, what about Dombeya?
1: The wild pea. Yeah.
0: I've never thought of eating that fruit. We must actually have a whole thing and put it out and say, right, these are the edible fruits. I mean, I know that they've got them, but Mm. I mean, for us.
1: But there's some extra ones we could add to it as well. Yes. So, and also there's actually some lovely trees. So when you're looking in your garden now, you should be looking to see if there are space for trees because going into Mm. next month, you know, we've got Arbor Week and replacing trees. And there's. Some incredible ones, the other one that's also when it's wild pear. So it's not the dombea, it's apodites. Yes. And a lot of people are actually starting to put trees into pots now or turning them almost into a standard. Yes. Teclea is another indigenous one, evergreen, got quite nice lush green leaves. I think there's a lot that we can do in our gardens and that can broaden the scope of the different plants because... Mm. I think, you know, what we also have to look at in our gardens is biodiversity. We don't want monocultures of certain things. So, the more variety you can add, the better your garden would be, the more interest it would create.
0: And if you put these things in and the birds like those particular fruits, then you can use your trees with the, yes. the natural trees to keep them off your veggie patch because the amount of people who are saying the luries and the mouse birds came along and stripped my broccoli and all my seedlings yes. all gone. So imagine if you had a smorgasbord of other stuff yes. and it would save your food that you want to eat.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's definitely the way to go. So try and encourage different varieties of plants within your garden. Yeah. You know, even like the gazanias are going to start coming through again for the bees. On the 18th of August is Honey Bee Day. Okay. So, you know, go and plant a flowering plant for a bee. <laughs> There's lots of them that you can do. Yeah, And the other thing that Life as a Garden was also talking about and we mentioned a little bit earlier was to do with pets in your garden. Do you have a space for the pets in your garden? Have you maybe planted some pet grass? Are they eating your dormant grass that we were talking about?
0: Mine have gone completely moggy, my cats obviously, for the peppermint-scented pelargonium. So instead of actually them... Thinking, oh, I need some. What is it that they like so much? Catnip. Yeah, catnip. Mine eat the catnip. They go and they become completely drunk, and they rubbing themselves <laughs> on this pelargonium and this poor I mean, poor they pelagonium. smell nice though. <laughs> and then they go and roll in the dirt. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what cats are
1: like. <laughs> yeah, but I think you know when you're looking at your gardens as well. Life is a garden. And you're saying you're sharing it with so many different animals, yourself, mm. your families. Maybe have a space. I can see there's one place in my garden where. Nothing seems to grow and it's a little bit of a sandy patch. But the cats love going to roll there because it's sandy and it warms up mm. nicely. And if they can just, I want to say, it's almost maybe like them having a bath in the, in the dirt. Like birds to get do in, when yeah, they have a dust kind bath. Of, yeah. Yes, that sort of thing. And then I see the other one, she likes to go and hide under my Anacidontia, but it's just because the bird feeders are very close <laughs> and so she hides there waiting to hope that she can catch a, a Morsi or a sparrow or a robin or something, which hopefully she never does. Actually, there's, talking about that,
0: it's quite an interesting thing that I saw an article on social media not too long ago about, mm-hmm. I think it came from Cape Town, about how many animals are killed by cats. On a yearly basis, it was oh, v- it was phenomenal. That. Look, yeah. but I mean, I think that like a lot of cats, I, I've heard that it's only eleven percent of cats that are actually ratters. Okay, I okay, have yeah. my one is and the other one is not.
1: Okay, yeah. So
0: the one doesn't catch anything, and the other one goes out and <laughs> annihilates all the pigeons and everything. I oh, know. Cats are actually ferocious hunters. We don't yes. we have to remember that they are actually slightly domesticated wild creatures. Yeah. Dogs are easier to deal with, but I must find the article and put it up because my it goodness, be, it was quite frightening. Like half it, a million it. a year <gasps> in just one area. Some oh, it was completely my crazy.
1: But as you say, they are they are carnivores. Yeah, you know, and we're giving them biscuits and whatever else you might be giving your cat. Uh, not biscuits, but you know the cat pellets. I think it's biscuits because they seem sort to of, like it oh. lot. <laughs> a lot. I saw a sort of thing. What is
0: the worst thing to get up in the middle of the night and stand on?
1: Oh it's no! Like, <laughs> half a dead rat
0: with its head chewed off. Generally, <laughs> the insides of like or scattered all over your Persian carpet. No. Oh no. Okay,
1: no. Mine, luckily, don't do that. Oh no! But I they, have they a do like to when she likes to play with the birds, mm. but then she doesn't seem to kill them. And if I get there fast enough, then the bird doesn't die of shock because that's normally what happens. And it flies away, and we all live peacefully, happily ever after nope. in my fairy tale world. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, you should have space in the garden for your cats or dogs, whatever it might Absolutely. be. Absolutely, I couldn't um, agree more. You know, because people are going also out into the parks now again, and I think that's just the other thing as well, which is clean up afterwards. You know, there's actually earthworm bins that you can buy that are specific that will the earthworms prefer feces from cats and dogs. But you can also get the bokashi. Yes, yeah. which would be great. So I think, you know, I also think people are sometimes a bit negligent on cleaning up. Yeah, things. And so, <laughs> so it would be so nice if you got one of these bins and started cleaning up and making your own compost at home. It would be nice. Yeah. I you know, I think we just have to think out the box. Yeah. We had a customer who bought potting soil. And I said, what are you buying it for? She said, no, I use it instead of cat litter. And she says, it's actually really, really good because, you know, she can put it back. It's a recyclable type of cat litter. And her cats love it. And I thought, how clever is that? Here we go to the other stores and get, you know, cat litters that's specially clumping or all sorts of things. And cats just want soil. Yes. So if you give them something like potting soil, which you can actually go and put back in the garden and it's biodegradable and not grantee. I know, I like it when people think out the box and especially when they share their thinking out the box of what they can do. But one thing so. I saw
0: that you did, in fact, our local councillor, because I live in the same kind of area where the C- comfortable yeah, comfort splendid is, is yeah. and you had a wonderful thing with the planters, the vegetable planters, the boxes. Yes. And you had a whole special with the boxes <laughs> yeah. and the soil and, and seedlings and everything at a really yeah. great price. Is yeah. that still happening at the moment?
1: Sadly, it's moved on.
0: Uh, We're getting all
1: ready for spring. So now we have, you know, like other garden centers as well. They would be promoting starting to look at your seeds, starting Mm. to look at germination mix. Because I think even seed planting these days has become quite particular. It's not, um, you know, you go and scatter your seeds and they come up. Mm. Uh, There's become an art to growing plants and it's lovely and so you you do buy the germination mix and the seedling trays and everything that goes along with it and the labels so that you know what you plant is yes. it's nice to see actually that the i want to say the art of gardening is coming back because sometimes i think we lost a little bit and we just bought things for gratification and didn't realize the beautiful process that comes from sowing something from tiny little seed and watching it grow.
0: And becoming self-sufficient at the same time. I think mm. I think that Life as a Garden should run a little kind of thing where people can send in their recipes of, of cool. things that you can make, but using indigenous fruits. Okay. I will ask them. I think that. For don't sure. you think that would be yeah,
1: great? Absolutely. We have a meeting next week. I will put it on the table. I, I, just, I
0: mean, <laughs> like a kai apple custard, you know, something like that. <laughs> I don't know, something, you know, I'm pie. I like pie. the custard part, you like the custard,
1: not the apple part. Why not? <laughs> because it's a fruit. <laughs> yeah, no, It's not a chocolate-coated fruit. <laughs> well, okay, everybody, somebody has to
0: come up with some kind of delicious chocolate recipe protein. just for Carrie <laughs> yeah. that she can actually have an indigenous fruit which is covered in chocolate somehow or the yes, other. Yes, like a carob
1: type of thing. Maybe. That's still quite healthy for me. What, would you but eat the- chocolate-covered mapani worms? yes for sure because that's like protein and chocolate all in one <laughs> <laughs> that would be like an energy bar for me <laughs> I love so it. yeah we have to keep our eyes open for something like that unfortunately protein. with this
0: i mean when we're sitting and talking we only get to scratch the surface so to say of, of a lot of the stuff which yeah. we should only be doing at the moment don't dig too deeply in the gardens at the moment yes. but of course there's so much more wonderful information on life as a garden Yes. And that's just lifeisagarden.coza.
1: Yes, it.
0: And I mean, I know that if anybody has any questions that they can get hold of you as well. Yes. Somehow or the other. Yeah,
1: they, through Life as a Garden. Actually, there's a Life as a Garden created a new Facebook page called mm-hmm. Seasonal Gardening. Mm-hmm. And it's lovely to read because people just put their questions out there and then other people will answer you know so like when we were talking about the lawns people were saying how do they get rid of the weeds somebody had one of their ficus lorata shame it just got so cold Mm. you know and then you think you're going to have to treat it with, because it looks damaged, so you treat it with pesticides and fungicides and actually it was just cold. And so there's lots of lovely things that Life as a Garden. If you go in, there's a newsletter that you can subscribe mm-hmm. to as well that will help you give you guidance on a monthly basis as to what to do into your garden, what's looking good. You know, if you go on the website, it's broken down into regions, Because what's happening in the Western Cape is slightly different to what's happening up here in Gauteng. There's a lot of information out there. If you just go and have a look at Life of the Garden, they'll help you this best you can.
0: I know it's a great resource for me as well. Mm -hmm. Then I get all the stuff early because, of course, I write about (laughs) it from various articles. So I get everything three months ahead, which is great. What a bonus. So there you go. We've got like all the tools that you need, in fact, to be able to get out and create your garden glory. Yes, Whether it be edible sure. or just to be pretty, but please, we're just going to ask you, and I'm sure this is coming from Carrie as well. Mm. Please be patient.
1: Yes, I think that's what gardening is supposed to teach everyone: patience. Yeah, and be yeah. prepared. Yes, dub 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 dub. We'll do our best, okay?
0: But it's the time for we say prepared because it's time for preparation at the moment. It is not time to start going crazy in your garden. Yeah. just look after the bees make sure that they've got something Yes. put the food out for the birds yeah. that, make sure it's nowhere where the cats can get it
1: and sorry with the bees even something that I learned from Life as a Garden recently was the Portula caria afra the speckbomb yes. the bees love the flowers yes. of that and I'm thinking I've hardly ever seen it flower but it actually is a wonderful plant to have in your garden for them as well yeah. not only on your office desk or in your birdies but it's a universal plant too. Oh, we've spoken about so many universal plants. <laughs> and, then, and every so- I say to people, what do you want for your birthday? And they're, oh, I want a speck one. <laughs> I have see? so
0: many growing in my garden. I've got like about five different varieties in there. Oh,
1: it is exciting that there's so many coming yeah. out. Yeah. So
0: get out there. Go and have a look and see what's coming up. But before you do all of that, get onto Life as a Garden. Have a look and see. They will let you have uh, yeah. the, all the information that you need to make sure that you don't kill everything. yes please (laughs) Carrie it's so good to talk to you so good to see you you. and see your smiling happy face and catch up with you again in about a month or so yes for sure fantastic thank you very much get out in the garden and above all just stay grounded bye bye you've been listening to another episode of Grounded from Solid Gold Studios in Johannesburg for more green ideas and events pop along to Mel's Treasures on Facebook